One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. As we welcome you along to the programme, our email is always open to you on corktoday at c103.ie. And I should was reading the weather forecast there saying, you know, heavy rain uh, on the way. And you straight away think of families that we have interviewed over, certainly over the last number of uh, months who are living in flood prone areas. And it's one of the questions that I often put to them. Do you live in dread every time you hear a weather forecast where heavy rain is expected and all of those families whose homes have been absolutely ruined because of flooding say yes you know they just get it all cleared up try to get their lives back to normal and then they have another devastating flood particularly people in uh, East uh, Cork and I heard Barry on the news this morning and actually the Echo is also leading with the um, uh, story of a group from uh, Cork who are heading up to the Dáil uh, today. But the Echo are leading with the story that repairs that the damage caused by Storm Babette and Storm Babette um, for us in this area, it was East Cork was the area most uh, affected. Repairing the damage that was done to local and to regional roads and to bridges. There was a number of bridges damaged in Cork. Uh, It's going to take about two years to complete the work, but it's the cost Cork County Council, it's estimated that it will be over 55 million euro above Cork County Council's annual roads uh, budget. The council are already facing um, a 13 million shortfall, according to the ECHO, to carry out the programme of work. That was the programme of work it had scheduled to implement over the next uh, 12 months. And then on top of this, we now have Storm Babette. The disclosure of the 55 million plus repair bill, that's coming as this delegation that I've mentioned, they're travelling from the the Middleton and East Cork uh, residents. They're travelling to Leinster House today. They have a petition where almost 15,000 people have signed it. What they're calling for now is urgent interim flood prevention measures to be implemented in the towns and surrounding villages, particularly ones that were most affected by uh, Babette. They can't wait for the promise of, oh, long term, we've got this great flood defence scheme that we're going to put in place. Something needs to be done in the interim so that these people can live in some kind of peace whenever we have heavy rain uh, forecasted. Now, it um, and if and if they do that, if they put the money in now, it will be money well spent because it's estimated Cork County Council reckoned it could take up to two years to complete the full list of repairs because of Storm Babette and then as I say the cost uh, anywhere or could, could even go over 55 uh, million euro now. Um, the Cork County Council have now engaged with the Department of Transport. That's in an effort. They now need to secure the extra necessary funding because obviously Cork County Council don't have 55 million saying, oh, we can use that to re- repair 
the damage that was done by Storm Babette. So they've got to go in search of that money. Now, while the cost of repairing regional and local roads and the bridges, that is a matter for the local council. But repairing damage to any of the national roads, that will fall under the responsibility of the National Roads Authority. So when these costs, which the ones that the National Roads Authority are going to be responsible for, it's estimated that's about 16 million euro worth of damage that needs to be uh, repaired. So you need to factor that in to the 55 million. Then obviously there was an initial cleanup operation that was 4.4 million. So the overall total cost for damage to roads and the cleanups in County Cork just as a result of one storm, that storm Babette last October, works out now somewhere between 70 and up to 75 million euro. It's just such a huge, huge sum of money and all that's going to do is do repairs. We need to be focusing now very much on stopping these floods going into the future and that's one of the reasons why we've got this group heading to Dáil Éireann today and I know I was speaking with John Paul in the office before we came on air and we are hoping to uh, catch up with somebody from the delegation it's a delegation of Middleton East Cork Flood Protection Group that's the banner they're running uh, under they are going to Dublin today they're calling for urgent implementation of this interim flood protection they want it for Middleton and the surrounding uh, communities now the delegation They've invited all of the local TDs. They're hoping to meet with them. They're also hoping to meet with the Minister for the Office of Public Works and they also want to speak with the Social Protection Minister and I also see that they're going to meet with the Education Minister and the Health uh, Minister. Now we know that there have been plans in progress for flood defences for Middleton and I had to kind of do a double take when I read the date. They have been there since 20. 10. We're in 2024. So 14 years later, nothing has materialised. So this group are also going to raise the reason why they've got social protection uh, going along and asking the health minister to go along. They're going to raise a variety of different concerns. I mean, their their first and foremost is do something, please, to help stop our homes and businesses from flooding into the future. But they're also going to talk about you know the difficulties they now face. They'll, they'll never be able to get flood insurance again on their property. They also, as we've heard from some of the people who were flooded, there has been difficulties encountered by people trying to access the humanitarian fund. And that humanitarian fund was announced Initially, the day after Storm Babette, the Department of Social Protection were out with this humanitarian fund. And I remember we were thinking, this is great. And it was great for the people who were affected, who knew that they didn't have flood insurance, that there would be money there. But then it turns out the amount of red tape that's involved in trying to access that funding, something has to be done uh, about that. And obviously, they're also the reason that they've invited the Minister for Health to come along is there's mental health impact uh, for the people involved and indeed for all of the communities. And, and I know when I've spoken with people on the programme you know to hear their voices crack when they're when they're talking and how emotional they get and particularly you know it's your home your home should be your sanctuary you should be able to close your front door and feel safe and yet people who live in very flood prone areas can never feel safe if there's any kind of a forecast of heavy rain so something needs to be done because it just seems what a waste of money that we could be spending up to 75 million and that's just in clean up and repair of damage so any money they invest in flood defences and while they're waiting for the bigger 
flood defence schemes to be put in place because I accept that they take many, many years to put in place, even though why you'd be waiting 14 years, I don't know. But in the interim, there's got to be something. Get the engineers, get the people with the knowledge. There's got to be something that can be done to stop some of these flood events from happening. 0818103103. And just let me stay with road repairs for Cork County Council when we hear they already are short, leaving aside the money that they need for Storm Babette. They also now, it seems, they are, there's a shortfall of 13 million for the work that they were scheduled to do over the next 12 months. We have so many roads in this uh, county. Somebody has sent in a text this morning to say it's approximately one mile up the Kilbrin Road out of Canturk. There is what this listener describes as a pond of water from the roadside ditch right into the middle of the road. It has now become a massive pothole because of this water being allowed to be on the road and the road surface now is breaking down and it's spreading everywhere around this stretch of road. Now the reason the listeners contacted us this morning was yesterday. A car drove into what has been described as a crater. The driver lost control, careered across the road, crashed through a house, a fence of a house and ended up in that person's garden stopping just a few feet away from the front wall of the house. This could have been a massive tragedy. Cork County Council have been informed about this duck pond on the road, a mile up the Kilburn Road out of Cantor. They've been told about it on numerous occasions and still have done nothing. Cork County Council need to do something now as a matter of urgency, particularly with this accident that happened yesterday. Please read out this text. They may be listening to your programme because they don't seem to be listening to the local uh, residents. OK, I don't, I don't know how, how many of them listen to us, but what I'll tell you what we will do, we will get on to Cork County Council and we'll put forward exactly what you put in your text there and see if we can just expedite that. I don't no, I mean, if there's if there's an amount of water coming out from the roadside ditch, to me, that sounds like it's a drainage issue that that needs to be sorted out because just filling the massive pothole is not going to do anything because if that ro- that water keeps coming out anytime there's any kind of uh, heavy rain, then you're just going to be constantly going back, just filling uh, a pothole, which is not going to solve the problem. So bear with us. We'll get on to Cork County Council and see if we can find out, have they any plans to sort out that problem just outside of Kenturk. Hopefully by now you've downloaded the C103 app to your phone and if you have, bear with us at some stage during the programme I will ask you to WhatsApp us in a a snap of the screenshot of the C103 app but please don't send us in this screenshot until I tell you to do it because it's only during a set 10 minute period that we put all the entries in and one listener will be selected. I'll give them a quick call back. That means there'll be today's qualifier. They'll go forward to a draw that will happen with Martina this afternoon and one of our listeners to the programme today could be winning €500 Euro worth of free money. Yesterday, Caroline Jordan from Manan Bridge was our first winner on Snap the App and was the first to win the free, mo- free money here on C103. So make sure you've downloaded the C103 app, snap a screenshot and then wait at some stage during the programme. I will tell you when the WhatsApp is open for your screen uh, shots. But download it today and listen to play all week long only on C103. C103. With working parents constantly battling with the high cost of childcare, a call has been made to extend the childcare subsidies to carers who are not currently 
currently registered with Tusla. And according to a report, that could save some parents up to €4,500 a year. Laura Erskine is spokeswoman for the Parenting Expert and uh, Laura joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Laura. Good morning. And you're welcome. Now, at the moment, who is entitled to subsidies under the National Child Care Scheme? At the moment, it's it's quite restricted, actually. So it's only um, registered childminders and um, registered child care facilities. So they would include creches and Montessori's who might do, you know, extra child care after the Montessori hours. And we know, uh, Laura, that creche places are not always available. I mean, we've had uh, listeners who've contacted us when they discovered they were pregnant trying to put their their yet-to-be-born child's name down at a, a, a creche. So do many parents opt for a local childbinder? They absolutely do. And, and that's the that's the whole issue. And I think that's why these calls are being made that, you know, why do we have to uh, why? Why are these subsidies only available to those registered childminders when so many people are using more informal means of childcare because the registered childminders or the creche facilities or after school places just simply aren't available, especially in more urban and rural locations. Um, we've got a, a huge number of parents who've actually had to delay going back to work because they haven't been able to get a crash place for their child. And so then they've, you know, tried to go down the route of maybe asking parents to help out um, a certain number of days a week then or they they may find that an au pair is another option where they have somebody who comes and lives with them and helps out, particularly if they're doing shift work and the conventional hours of, of crash places of 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. don't suit them. Um, and they need more flexibility and, and also um, finding a registered childminder because the process um, in registering with TUSLA uh, in order to qualify for this subsidy is so arduous that so many people don't do it. Um, uh, they have to be guard vetted. There is a huge number of, um, of checks that take place and people just aren't willing to put themselves through that. And I suppose it's laughable at once, uh, you know, if you think about the amount of um, huge issues that TUSLA have been highlighted by the media in recent times about how, you know, facilities that TUSLA are TUSLA run uh, where children are, are suffering at the hands um, of people within those organisations. Uh, you know, it makes it makes it laughable that, you know, you'd be looking for your child minder to be approved by this body that clearly haven't got their own house in order. Um, so, you know, the, the issue is at the moment is where, you know, people need to be able to have their their children minded in, in a safe place um, while they return to work. And sometimes that could be a neighbour where you've got mm. a child who goes to school at the same time as your child. They might have they might work in the morning and then they're free in the afternoons and they opt to make a few quid by doing a little bit of informal child minding in their home. And and remember, it, it's totally acceptable um, to 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 earn a certain income um, with revenue for child minding within the home um, and, and, you know, and not to pay any tax on that. So people needn't be afraid of that, but it would certainly benefit um, those who are working to be able to benefit from the subsidies available for that in order to make the process a little bit easier yeah, because and it is expensive. And it does seem unfair that if, if you manage to get your child in with uh, with a creche, you can get a subsidy, but then your friend who mightn't be able to get 
a, a space, but has found a really nice, kind, trusted local childminder can't can't be claiming back any subsidies. It just seems very unfair, Laura. It does. And and a lot of these people are people who maybe might be teachers who haven't returned to work. They could have been a qualified childminder or a creche worker who then have their own children and it makes no sense for them to go back to work. But yet they're going to offer this within their home, but haven't gone through this arduous six month TUSLA approval process. Um, and, and what happens is, is when TUSLA want to go out and approve somebody for childminding, it's it's not a case of just looking at guard vetting and whether they've done a first aid course. They come into your home and they measure it and they say right well you can only mind one three-year-old plus your own five-year-old plus one seven-year-old because your living room is falling two inches short of the square footage required for minding children in this home and you know if you think about it and you've got a child who's who just wants to be with a familiar face, wants to be with familiar people. You want somebody who's convenient to your home and you trust that individual. You have to forego that childcare subsidy in order to find something that works well for you and your family. And it shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. And and, and a lot of um, those local trusted childbinders, it's word of mouth, isn't it? You know, somebody will know of uh, a lovely, kind lady who's been minding children for years, you know, and uh, is well known in the area and she looked after my child. She has a vacancy at the moment. She'll look after your child if you ask her. It's that kind of a thing, isn't it? It absolutely is. And it's it's almost intergenerational, like you say. It's it's people who recommend for years for other children have been minded by them, neighbours, other children within the school, and um, they could become well known, even trying to find somebody who drives a car who can maybe do the pickup from a school, because it's not just the small babies we're talking about. It's it's all ages, up to age twelve, who might need childcare, who would who are missing out on the childcare subsidy. Um so that includes that after school and and it is it's you're not going to put your child with somebody who you don't already trust who you haven't received a personal reference from who you haven't done your own background checks on um and honestly the the best uh, reference you can get is from somebody who's had their own child with them um and more so than than any crash where you're walking in blind and you're just you're being taken from room to room and you're being told that this is how they run the system but no you don't know anybody who's been there you're new to the area you have a brand new baby and you're going on, I suppose, good faith. Uh, whereas with those informal childminder situations, they do tend to be from trusted friends, relatives, even recommendations from the school. Sometimes that there's a childminder that's been doing it for years. Um, and and it, much it more. And, and I think you make an interesting point on somebody that maybe uh, is working, you know, not your standard nine to five uh, hours, that the, the informal childminder much more flexible around drop off and pick up. Absolutely. I mean, you've got guards, nurses um, and, you know, even retail workers who are expected now to work unconventional hours. And it doesn't always fit with the, you know, the traditional childcare hours. And you can't always rely on your your parents, you know, the grandparents to step in and fill the breach. I mean, they may not be well enough to do so and nor should you expect them to. So being able to to avail of the childcare subsidy, um, you know, with with other child 
minding um, solutions is definitely the, the way forward. I mean, there was talk years ago of, of trying to, you know, make it so that it was a tax benefit that people yeah. received if they were working. That make, made it more of an equitable level playing field so that, um, you know, creches and, and other facilities wouldn't increase their their fees by the amount of the subsidy almost. Um, and that's something that should still be, I suppose, looked at um, because trying to avail of the childcare subsidy and how you do it through this, uh, the, the system that they have set up currently with the Department of Children is is um, is quite a, a complex system. And I know that lots of um, after school facilities and childcare places do talk about how many how much paperwork they need to fill in in order to to get the benefit of the childcare subsidy credited to their account. Um, as a parent, I, I myself have filled in numerous forms um, in order for the, to help um, my child get their subsidy when they were in in Montessori and indeed in after school childcare. So it does, you know, it does beg, you know, the question whether if, if we were going to extend to other childcare providers, would they be as willing to to do that level of administration or would that turn them off? We're is great, the tax credit we're, we're a great, better solution? We're great in this country for bureaucracy and red tape and form filling. I, I don't know what it is, but everywhere you turn, you hear of people talking about endless forms uh, that have to be uh, filled in. And it was, uh, interestingly, Chartered Accountants Ireland, Chartered Accountants Ireland, who conducted the, stir, the study that I mentioned in my introduction. And they're the ones saying that giving the subsidies to all parents would free up more to return to the workplace. Would you hear, Laura, of parents, and let's be honest, in the main, it's the mothers who can't go back to work and they're citing high childminding costs or lack of childcare facilities. Places. Yeah, exactly. I I hear it all the time. I have uh, parents who have contacted me saying that they can't get into facilities. um, And so they've had to delay returning to work after having a baby or they say have a second baby and the cost is simply too high. And remember, we can't blame those sort of formal crash facilities who have rent to pay, which has gone up, who have rates to pay, who have, you know, all of those energy bills that have increased in line with everything else, the minimum wage has increased. Um, so th- they have their own costs to bear as well. Um, and, and we never want to, to have an underpaid worker there because we we want somebody who's there with a heart and a half looking after your children and not feeling hard done by. So um, those, those increasing costs for those facilities has resulted in a huge number of them having to close. Um, they just simply can't make the, the books balance anymore. Uh, and so that has caused a huge amount of difficulty for parents then who are trying to scramble for childcare places. They're putting their, as you mentioned yourself, Patricia, they're putting their names down in, in creche facilities when they find out they're pregnant. They're telling the, the local creche provider before they tell their partner or their parents. And, and so this is something that, you know, it has to change. It has to be easier to be able to run an efficient childcare system here in Ireland, um, in addition to actually being able to employ services that meet the needs of your family, um, whatever they may be. And remember, We've got people commuting long distances because they can't afford to live in cities. Um, and and so, you you know, it's not going to work if you've got to drop a child at 7 a.m. in a creche and then you've got to commute uh, for another hour to get to work and then come back and another commute on the way back. And suddenly you find that your child is in that childcare facility, which is, I suppose, more of a, you know, a purpose built facility from 7 a.m. until until 7 p.m. They go in in their pajamas they, and they come out in their pajamas. 
Exactly. And that's a very sad, um, you know, reality of the situation when maybe if they were with a neighbour who was living down the road, they could be there with their family. They could have dinner. They can lounge on the couch. They don't have to have that sort of same sort of rigid structure of care that might be in a childcare that might suit your child better. Uh, and also children with special needs also need um, a special level of, of childcare. Um, and, and those facilities aren't always available. And sometimes it is somebody who's maybe had a child with similar special needs who might offer those kinds of services. And again, they may not be a registered formal child minder, but they may be, you know, intimately aware of, of, of the issues with ADHD or or with autism or with with any of those um, more sort of developmental issues or neurological uh, diverse issues that, you know, that, that do present. And, yeah. and sometimes well it's hard to find people who will look after those yeah. children. Well said. And, and, you know, we're constantly hearing from the government that we have full employment, which is terrific for this country. So there are a whole host of industries that are shouting out for workers. We need workers. We need people, uh, particularly people who are at home with a skill set, want to go back to work, but just can't. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, I'm lucky myself. I, I'm, I, I work from home. I've had to create my own my own uh, business in order for it to fit around the needs uh, of my family and not go back to conventional employment, which allows me to be flexible, which allows me to take this interview today, even though my child was vomiting for oh. three hours last night and wasn't in school, isn't in school today. But, you know, this is this is the reality of it. I'm able I'm lucky I'm able to be at home with her. I'm still able to work. And, you know, so not everybody has has the ability to create their own employment in order to uh, to, to be able to, to meet the needs of, of their children. And um, I have children from from 15 all the way down to five. And, you know, every child is different. Every child has different needs. And the, the needs get harder as the children get older. You've got extracurricular activities. I mean, finding a childminder who's willing to pick up a child from school, bring them to ballet, pick up another child from swimming, bring another one to football training you know get a dinner on for when you come back from work they're like gold mm. and honestly <laughs> you dearly you'd pay them um far more than than you would ever get in in a in any other sort of childcare setting because th- what that means to your family and your family's quality of life is huge yeah and it would be wonderful to be able to to claim back some of the subsidies uh for childcare in those situations and anyone who has a, a mary poppins type figure that you've just described there they hang on to them for a your life. Okay, listen, Laura, thank you for that. And thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. You're very welcome. Good morning to you. That is uh, Laura Erskine. Um, she is spokesperson for the parenting uh, expert and we hope her little one uh, gets better soon. There's so many of those stomach bugs uh, doing the rounds. Actually talking of informal childminders. Somebody says, Patricia, hi, I'm a casual childminder. I charge five euro per child per hour. It includes school pickups and drop-offs. I supply food. Uh, am I a busy fool? What's the going rate for casual non-registered child minders? Please help. I'd love to know what is the going rate. F- five euro per hour, which includes school pickups and drop-offs and you're supplying food and you're giving them something to eat when they can come in. That seems like a really good offer that you're giving to parents. I don't know. I've no idea what the going rate is for casual uh, child minders. If anybody else uh, is paying a casual child minder, how much are you paying? That does seem... Uh, very low, five euro per hour, which includes the school pickup and the drop off and supplying uh, food. Um, 
Is this lady charging too little? 0818103103 or maybe it's the standard rate. I don't know. According to the latest Irish Independent Doddle.ie mortgage switching index, the gap between the lowest and the highest mortgage rates on the market at the moment is now at 3.3 percentage points. To chat about why switching has never been more important, I'm joined by Martina Hennessy, who is Managing Director of Doddle.ie. Good morning to you, Martina. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome. Has the gap between the lowest and the highest mortgage rates, has it ever been so wide? No, so this is the highest on record, actually. The um, Central Bank and the Banking Payments Federation track the rates that are obviously issued via the banks in Ireland. Um, and the lowest rate at the moment is 3.65, which is a green rate. But we look at standard rates. So in our index, we take a 3.85%, which is the lowest rate, versus the highest, which is now 7.15, which gives you that large gap. So no, it hasn't been. And I suppose it's been accentuated over the last 18 months, in particular, Patricia, by virtue of the, the large increases in rates and the disparity of those increases across lenders on the market. So there are still value to be had but what I would say is that it's much harder to seek out so you really need to do your research or get market-based advice from a broker if you are looking at rate options either as a purchaser but most certainly as a switcher because we have you know 66,000 mortgages rolling off fixed rates so 9 billion worth of mortgage lending rolling off fixed rates in the next three years 4,000 of which will be rolling off before September this year so in the next six months and the big call out is to say that rates have increased so if you've locked in on the low rate, you're going to be rolling out into a higher rate environment. So it's so important to plan early to make sure the mortgage is still affordable, to plan based on your own budgeting as a household and to secure the best rate that you possibly can. So put it into pounds, shillings and pence. How much How much could it be costing some families? So if you look at it, and we, what we always do with the, for the index is take, we, uh, take the average mortgage drawn down in the last quarter. And that was just over um, €308,000. And we apply the difference between the lowest and the highest. And that differential is €608 per month or €7,292. So just under €7,300 per annum on a just over €300,000 mortgage. So it's really significant. That's a lot but- of money. It's a huge amount of money and it's why, again, it's just so important to question what rate you're on. It's really up to mortgage holders now to question their lenders with the attitude that if you don't offer me a better rate, then I'm going to have to seek it out elsewhere because your mortgage is paid out of your net income, your, you know, which is hard, hard earned. So it's so important that interest adds no value to your mortgage. If you can reduce the interest that you repay, don't be afraid to ask the question of your current lender, do you have a better rate? But also don't be afraid to compare mortgage rates. And if it makes financial sense to switch, to do so. Mortgages for most people, for most households, it's their largest financial commitment. And it's the one that you can really manage and have the greatest savings by managing. Yeah, because, you know, we certainly are getting better at switching energy providers and phone providers. But as a nation, are we still slow to switch mortgage providers? Yeah, we sure are, Patricia. So 2022, we the surge in mortgage switching because Bank of Ireland, or sorry, no, KBC Bank were leaving the market and Ulster Bank were leaving the market as well. So people felt there was a kind of a push factor that they, you know, they should switch and they did switch. And those numbers were great. There was like over 140% increase in mortgage switching in 2022. But in 2023, the numbers fell back again. So there was 5,554 mortgages switched in 2023 out of a total, you know, mortgage market for home loans. There's 570,000 home loan residential mortgages in 
Ireland. So just under 1% of that market switched. Now, that's a hugely low, obviously, volume compared to the benefits that people can make by switching. So we're notoriously, you know, poor at switching. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about switching that when it's a higher interest rates environment, so when rates have gone up, it doesn't make sense to switch or that there's cost and hassle involved. Or, you know, a lot of people, mortgages are technical financial products. They're a fear of selecting the wrong rates. They don't select any at all. But what I would say to all of those different, I, I suppose, misconceptions are that, you know, from the point of view of the higher rate environment, it actually makes it much more important to switch when you're in a higher rate environment because you can get greater savings. The cost and the hassle factor, yes, it's not as easy as, as moving utilities, right? But for the 50 euro you might save on your utilities or, you know, 100 or whatever it might be versus the thousands you can save in your mortgage. It's worth it. It's important. Yeah. yeah and also yeah. the banks have all introduced like reduced document journeys. So it makes it easier to switch. They want, require less documentation for existing mortgage holders because they can see that they've serviced the mortgage correctly via the central credit register. They, there's five lenders who also offer switcher packages. So they start from 1,500 euros and go right up to 2% of your mortgage back in cash to make sure that there's no cost to switch. So the hassle factor, the cost factor are nearly negated by, by some of the changes that have been made to the mortgage switching process over the last number of years. And again, that based on our index and based on what people and what our clients are saving by switching, it certainly makes sense to look at switching now and to actually that switch you'll only ever switch if it makes financial sense to do so so take that 10 minutes check what rate you're on check what your mortgage balance is and ask the question can you do better on your rate because again it's it's needless paying interest where you don't have to pay a higher yeah. rate yeah and and i think that whole thing about switching and oh my god all the paperwork that w- would be involved most of us i think think about when we took out our first mortgage and you know the nightmare we felt it was at the time it's not as arduous and as you're saying, the banks are, are trying to make it as easy as possible now because they want people to switch. They want your custom. Yeah. And I suppose the big thing, like you say, when you purchase a home, it, there's a far more emotional process, right? You're trying to get the mortgage approval level that you need to actually buy. You're bidding on properties. There's all that stress involved. Whereas when you're switching, it's a transaction to move your mortgage from one lender to another to save on interest. And yes, there's paperwork involved because the bank have to assess that the mortgage is still affordable for you. But it's not the same lengthy process or emotionally draining process, perhaps, <laughs> as the purchase process is for many people right now. So it's just to have that distinction and you will only ever switch if there's a financial benefit to do so. But you probably will only know if there's a financial benefit by speaking to somebody who's, you know, a a broker or, you know, making an informed decision by doing all your research. Because mortgages, there's been so much movement in them, even working in the industry, things change weekly. So get advice. Don't be afraid to ask the question. And once you do ask that question, you will know whether your existing lender is the best option for you or you'll know if there's a saving to be made by switching. Okay, are are we expecting the ECB to cut rates this year? And if so, when? Yeah, so absolutely. So disinflation, which is like continued downward inflation in the European economies, has led to real optimism that the ECB will start to, to reduce their rates. So it's widely accepted that at 4.75% as their base lending rate now, that 
that, that actually that's the peak, okay? And it's expected that rates will come down. The market is pricing in cuts of about 1.5% by the ECB in 2024. Something that could be really optimistic, but it's certainly expected that rate cuts will start to flow through. So the next ECB meetings are March and June. And so that directly impacts tracker mortgage holders who have a direct and, and set margin to the ECB and who will indeed over the last, you know, 10 rate increases have been experienced the brunt of the uplift in rates over the last two years. So they're hoping for good news in March and June, but it's certainly the market is anticipating that there will be rate cuts on the ECB. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Irish banks or, you know, somebody taking out a mortgage now or somebody who's looking at rolling off a fixed rate will necessarily get that benefit because that depends on what the Irish bank or their own lender offers. So for non-tracker mortgage holders, it's the fixed rates or the variable rates that are offered by the banks in Ireland. And depending on their funding mix, they may not pass on rate cuts that come through from the ECB because they don't necessarily have to. Their rates are based on their own cost and market forces. So just to call that out, because when we hear about rates decreasing, we're all like, fantastic, you know, it's going the right direction. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have an immediate impact on rates within the Irish market for non-tracker mortgage holders. Okay. And just very finally, I was reading yesterday, there's a new lender uh, into the market, uh, MoCo. I think they're they're owned by uh, an Austrian bank. They're prepared to issue mortgages that people can pay off until the age of 80. Can, can you see so- people signing up to such a mortgage? I hope mine's gone by then. But no, I, I think you know the big thing is, I suppose, with MoCo, they are owned by Austrian bank Bawag. They have come to the Irish market. They offer a max 35-year term like all the other lenders. Um, most of the lenders in Ireland now will offer terms at expiry of elder applicant at age 70. MoCo will look to go up to 80 years, but only in very specific cases where you've significant post-retirement income to run ah. past normal retirement age. So it's very much in a case-by-case basis. Their credit team and their underwriters will be doing an you know, individual assessment because effectively the bank's objective is always to get their money back or their mortgage repaid. So they'll be really prudent in the approach they'll take in terms of ongoing income and affordability post-retirement. So it's not a blanket you can borrow up to 80 years of age at expiry. It's really in individual niche cases, as I would see it, where there's significant post-retirement income to allow for that and in very individual circumstances. And, you know, we deal with MoCo, they deal with a very limited number of brokers. They have a great offering. Um, and this isn't one that my clients would be ever looking to flock to. It is in very individual circumstances. Um, and again, on a very much on a case by case basis. OK, but it will be suitable for, for, for some or else they wouldn't be offering it. Listen, Martina, exactly. we leave it there. Thank you for that. Always a mine of information. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. That is uh, Martina Hennessy, uh, Martina's Managing Director of Doddle.ie. I can already see people sending me in screenshots of uh, the C103 app. You're sending them in too early, I'm afraid. And we will open the phone lines at some period in this hour. And it's only when I announce now is the time for you to send in your screenshot. It's only then that you can enter. And it's only out of those entries will we make our, will we get our qualifier for today. So hold off for what you do need to do if you haven't already downloaded the C103 app get working on that download the app if you've already downloaded it just snap a screenshot keep it in your photos and then when we give you the nod to WhatsApp
tap it in, you can send it in for your chance to win €500 Euro of free money on Snap the uh, app only on C103. We've had our first winner uh, yesterday and that was Caroline Jordan and we're looking for somebody to add to that list and give them €500 Euro today. 0818103103. As soon as we mention roads or anything to do with roads and conditions of roads, we then suddenly get a slew of texts and calls in from other people highlighting uh, roads and I don't think anybody's surprised to hear the Cork County Council are already facing a 30 million shortfall to carry out the programme of work that it is scheduled to implement over the next 12 months and that is just down to the size of our road network. But we had a text in earlier this morning from somebody who wanted us to get onto the council to highlight what they described as a crater. It's about a mile up the Kilbrin Road out of Canturk and there's there's water flowing out onto the road and that has caused this uh, pothole. Well, somebody else is on about that same uh, particular place. Um, this person says, Patricia, regarding what I would describe as the bunker on the Kilbrin to Canturk Road. I had to drive into it yesterday. It's just after a, after a bend and there was a car coming against me and whack right into it. The pool of water covers this bunker, this large pothole. And if you're unfamiliar with the road, you can't see it because of the lock of water on top of it. Also, the signs coming from Kilbrin to Canturk, just up the road from there, I think are totally wrong. What we have is a main road with a 90 degree bend heading towards Canturk and a by road going to the right. The orange sign is the signage that is there, which indicates that there's a junction with a main road going straight ahead with a by road to the right. The yellow sign is what actually should be there. On several occasions, especially in icy, snowy conditions, local farmers are regularly called why they have to pull people out of the ditch. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Thank you for highlighting this. The council, by the way, have been notified of this and a new sign was put up recently but it is totally incorrect says a texter and as I say we have got on to the council particularly about that uh, large pothole that has formed but more importantly is to try to do something to stop the water coming out onto the surface because it's the water that is breaking down and as the earlier texter said it's spreading out now across the road but that led Michael to say as far as I'm aware if there is water flowing out onto the roadway as has been described there on the road to Canturk. It is the landowner who is responsible for the road damage. Water is flowing out gateways and gaps. It's happening everywhere all over the county and no water table has been cleared. Hence our poor roadways, many of them becoming rivers when we get heavy falls of rain. Thanking you. That's from Michael. Martin in Formoy wants to pitch for the main street in Formoy. Martin says the main street is a disgrace. The road is frightening. A tank would have problems on that main street in Formoy. What are the council going to do about about it. 0818 103 103 and then staying on councils but this is to do with graveyards. Hi Patricia, it's been brought to my attention that Dundarrick, hope I'm pronouncing that right, it's the old graveyard near McCroom, has now got a historical committee looking for funds obviously for the upkeep of this graveyard. I can't believe locals have passed by there all along. They must be walking by with closed eyes, not realising that it is uh, an historical graveyard. My husband and I have actually cleared all the ivy off the wall and cleaned and tidied the graveyard. We've been doing that over the last four years. 
it's a sad day that the council can't keep the few graveyards we have. The money must be all flowing upwards <laughs> like RTE. You know, the council, they have limited budgets. That's the problem. It's all down to budgets. And we are fortunate or unfortunate, but we have such a huge county here in Cork. It's hard to get to everything. But well done to you and your husband. And you will, he- you will see of local groups. We've dealt with some of them over the years who get together and do up local graveyards. I think it's a wonderful community thing to do when, you know, people start seeing an old graveyard that is, particularly when they're old, they're not in in use and they're falling into disrepair. And of course, many of our very old graveyards, they may not even have family members looking, living locally still to look after them. And it just, it saddens me to see them fall into disrepair. So it's great when local groups do get together and decide to do something just to remember uh, past people from the area who were buried there. So well done to you and to your husband. And someone else says, can you please ask the walking group that meet for the Gira Loop walk? Would it not make more sense for them to park in the large local big car park rather than blocking all the small car parks on the Inchigila Road where some people leave their cars in dangerous positions by the side of the road. I can see an accident happening there where people be careful where they are parking their cars when you're going on the Gira Loop Walk. And we were talking about childcare in the last hour and in particular the subsidies that are available under the National Childcare Scheme. And the National Childcare Scheme is great and it's fantastic that we are offering subsidies uh, to allow parents to go back to work because unfortunately with high mortgage costs, high rent uh, costs, it's the case that, you know, both parents have to go out to work. It's a, it's a financial implication and financial reason for doing it and for others, they want to go back to work as well. But if you can't find affordable childcare or if you can't find childcare in your area that's registered with TUSLA, it means you go and get an informal arrangement which can work extremely well and does work extremely well for so many families but you're not eligible for the childcare subsidies and it just seems so unfair and I thought it was great of Chartered Accountants Ireland for doing that piece of research showing that, you know, we have full employment. We need more people to come out to work. There are people at home who would love to go out to work, but they can't because they can't get affordable childcare. And surely if we give subsidies to people who have their children minded in an informal way, it might help some people to go back to work. Martina was on to say, I agree with Laura, Laura Erskine, your guest, talking about childcare in the last hour. I couldn't get my two child two children into a registered childcare provider in my area a number of years ago. But I heard about a neighbour who was minding children for somebody else. So I approached her and she said, yeah, she'd love to take on my two children. My two children now go to her daily. She's an absolutely fantastic setup, and they love going to her after school. So I agree that the subsidies should be provided to the informal child minders as well, who are doing a great job. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. C103 Jobs. Dano's Supervalue in Mallow. They're looking for a full-time sales assistant for their butcher's department. You can apply online or you can hand a CV into the customer service desk in-store at Dano's Supervalue in Mallow. Clonakilty Community Supports Association, they've got a vacancy for administrator to work 19 and a half hours per week dealing with queries and with bookings. CVs, please, for the attention of the manager, you send it to info at clonakiltysports.com. Caretakers are wanted for CE schemes at GAA clubs in Milford, Dramina, Churchtown and Fremont. You can email Evelyn O'Keefe at dealvalley.ie. And experienced tractor drivers are wanted for an agricultural contractor who's based in North Cork. 
Uh, you can contact Egmont Agri on 022 23644. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With McCarthy Insurance Group, proud sponsors of the Cork GAA Club Football Leagues and Championships. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Now, the communities of Drumcolourher, Broadford, and Ahay in County Limerick are coming together on the weekend of the 12th of April, and it's to help raise funds for my next guest, Carol Liston O'Connor, who's a young mum of five who was recently diagnosed with motor neuron disease, and she joins me in. Uh, in studio this morning to share her story along with her husband uh, Liam. Good morning to you both and you're, you're both very welcome. I suppose Carol, let me start with you. I suppose first, firstly, health-wise, how are you doing? Because um, you, you look so well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, look, I suppose, as you said, to look at me, I'm fine. But like um, my mobility and my voice and the everyday things I just can't do anymore. Yeah. Um. But like, I'm physically well. Okay. But it's all mobility and no use of my hands. Um, my balance when I'm walking is gone. I have to hold on to someone everywhere I go. But look, it's one step in front of the other and hopefully I'll keep going that way for and a have, long time. Have you any pain? Um, at times, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of comes and goes. OK, I suppose I need, <laughs> to, I need to take you back. I know you were diagnosed the end of 2002. Yeah. Am I right? 2002. Yeah. 2002. November 2002. OK, when, when did you start to notice <sighs> symptoms? I uh, sure... I suppose realistically it was going on almost two years before that. Um, the small things like my strength. I couldn't pick my two-year-olds up off the floor. I'd have to go to the couch and sit down and they'd climb up on me. Um. And then, like, I would have been a huge sports person. And I'd be out in the yard with the lads and, like, poking the slitter across the yard. I was here, why can't I do this anymore? I couldn't kick a ball out of my hands. And if I did kick it, I'd only kick it, like, a couple of feet, like, not... Out over the bar like I would have always Not done. halfway down the parish like you no, would have done in the past. No. And what, what at that stage, what did you think was, was wrong? What, what was sure, going through like, your mind? I suppose a lot of it was during COVID time and I was at home rearing five small children on my own, like Lima, self-employed. He had to go to work. I was on parental leave at the time we chose that to rear our family. And I was, I suppose, the thing that none of us should do, I was ignoring it. 
but look, it wouldn't have changed the faith of it either. Mm. But um, the tiredness was really catching me. Like, I couldn't understand how I was so tired. And then it all kind of came to a head in the summer of 22. At the start of the summer, we went to Centre Parks. And in 2018, I cycled the Ring of Kerry. Wow. And before Centre Parks, I went out in the yard, pulled out my racer, mm-hmm. and I couldn't cycle it. I had it up against the wall of the house. I had my elbow thrown up on the windowsill. And no way in hell could I push my legs to drive the pedals. I just could not do it. I said it to him and he was half laughing at me. And I was here, lads, am I gone that overweight? Am I gone that unfit? What is wrong with me? Like, But when we Liam said, then we'll hire a mountain bike. And the ticker wheels will Yeah, be you'll better. get your balance. Yeah. You'll be better with that, yeah. Up we went anyway, the first evening above, and Liam got the mountain bike. And I went up on it, and he held the saddle. Like I was five, like. (laughs) (laughs) For somebody who cycles the ring I cycled the ring I carry, like. And uh, Liam held the back of the saddle and the only way you explained it, I was like a child. Learning how to cycle for the first time. I literally went two yards and fell fell off. So was that the point where you did, said, I need to find out no, what's going I'm on? No, I still ignored still it <laughs> another one. <laughs> Some woman. Yeah. No, you to keep going, like, but uh, really and truly, by the end of that summer, I was feeling wretched. And coming up to October break from school, uh, I had a huge row with Liam. I said, Liam, you have to take a week or at least a few days off work. And Liam was like, Carl, I'm up to my eyes like this. Uh, we have to say Liam is a plumber and we know <laughs> we know how busy plumbers are. Yeah. And at this time of the year, are you mad? And on the Wednesday, I went into the cinema with the kids. And of course, these new fancy cinemas, all the chairs move and up I went anyway and sat down with the kids. And when we were leaving, I stood up, went to walk down the steps. I put my hand on the chair for balance. The chair took off. My nine-year-old caught me. Wow. And then I said, nothing. There is something wrong. How, and then the whole thing just spiraled from there. How quickly did it take then to... It didn't take very long to get no, the diagnosis. I went to um, my own GP on the Friday and my sister has MS. And I said to him, tell me straight now, have I MS? Do you think I have And he said, I hope so. 
but I think we're dealing with a different animal. And on the Monday morning, he had me in the hospital, and by the Tuesday evening, we knew. What was that like to hear that oh, news? Man. Like, we actually snuck out of the hospital that night and we went to a pub and we drank two hot whiskeys. And it was the most surreal, like, we were there as normal, looking at each other, but, like, we were, like, two different people straight away. It's like your world was falling apart. And Liam, for you to to hear that news, uh, how, how how do you how do you get your mind around it? Uh, sure, Carol had obviously known it a good bit that something was not right with her, and um, but it was like a total shock to me then that basically that Friday evening when she came out to doctors, that more than likely it was motor neurons. Did you know so much about motor neurons? I I knew just knew of Charlie Bird, and I had known yeah. of. I knew what it was and it was, there was no cure and obviously it was just total shocked in. So. And, and is there treatment, um, Carol? Um, there is, like, what's on offer in this country is, like, one tablet that's around with 30 years. And when I started taking it, I... Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Got so sleepy. I wasn't here at all. It just didn't agree with me. And I, I quietly stopped taking it myself without telling Liam or anyone. And then after about six weeks, I said to Liam, do you think I'm any better? And he said, yeah, you're way stronger and you're not sleeping as much. And I told him then it was mixed emotions, like the only treatment that's there. Just, just didn't suit you. 
Just, I just, just no, I wouldn't be good when taking medicine okay. anyway. All right. You don't sound like you personally went to a doctor much anyway to get no, medicine. Not no, really. no. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the children, talk to me, you have five beautiful children, including little twin boys, is it? Oh, yeah. So uh, age, age and names of your children. So Ellie Mae is 11, Molly is nine. Lee Moog is seven and Paddy and Mikey are four. Were Paddy and Mikey a big surprise? Twins? So twins uh, in the family? The, the pregnancy wasn't a surprise, but the twins, twins were. Yes. were du- and are, are, they double, are they double trouble, as they oh say about twins? Nothing prepares you for <laughs> wearing twins. <laughs> and like I had three under three at one stage. And then we went to a five under six. Um, but look, they're such a blessing. Now we know why we had five children. They're your reason. Like, they're why you get up in the morning and why you keep going. And it's for them nearly that you want to live and you want to see them doing and achieving and they're amazing. And are they aware of, they're obviously aware that Mammy isn't well. Um, we've, we've kind of drifted everything to them. Uh, we went, we, right or wrong, we don't know yet, but we kind of went against what everyone was telling us we should do. Like a year and a half ago, they were all like, your children need counselling. You need to tell them what's happening. I couldn't do it. I just... They're too young. I could not sit in front of my 10-year-old and, and tell them this. So um, we came at it initially that my hands are not working. And I I try different treatments in America and different places. And when we're going, uh, the children know we're going to fix mom's hands. But more recently, like, we have told them that the doctors have figured out the name of what's wrong. And we told them that. And... Then the way I explained it to them was that the electricity in my body isn't working for my muscles. And then my seven-year-old says, we just have to plug you in, (laughs) Mum. That's very clever. Uh, you, like, got, you, you, were, you were a clever little I seven thought, year old for well, sure. Fair play and to you, and if you, only it was that easy. Yeah, if only. And I know you say you, you were very sporty. You were also a secondary school teacher. Yeah. 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 Uh, where did you teach? In Desmond College in Newcastle okay. West with the uh, last 12 or 13 years. Okay. And do you miss teaching? Oh, like all my life, I worked with young people. And it's a huge void, like whether on the sports field or in the classroom. I miss the crack of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the camaraderie yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of everybody. Yeah. And Liam, for you as a, as a self-employed plumber, are, are, you, are, you, are you off work at the moment? Uh, no, I'm still, once the lads are gone out to school in the morning and I go off to work then and we've 
carers coming in during the day. So once I'm home, then again in the evening for six o'clock. So, but just shorter days, but I'm still getting to work now. Mm-hmm. So, just you have to wish because if you're at home all day, you're heading in the right place. So, it's and just you, easier you, to go to work. You, you see, <laughs> you seem like a couple. I, I imagine, Carol, you're trying to keep family life as normal as possible. And that's what we have done. Like. Yeah, yeah, like. With the kids, we go to as many of their games. They're all very sporty and we go to all their games and I'm still sitting at the table roaring at them about their homework <laughs> and their reading and music and all the rest of it. So we do like we we try to keep home normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, you see, you seem to be achieving that. And what I, what I love, and I mentioned it earlier when um, I was teeing up that you were coming in, was it's the you've got this wonderful local community oh. who are are coming together. It's I reckon there last week I came up with it, and I'm the luckiest unlucky girl in the world. In the world, yeah. I have everything. Um, my friends and our families like they're amazing they can't do enough for you oh the way they look after us like I'll tell you it's not till your back is to the wall you know who's who then but they're just amazing and like both John Conner Bradford and Ate the support and like from day dot they were all at us about doing a fundraiser but we were like not a hope not a hope we're not ready for all that and we didn't have the children ready either and when Liam O'Connor came to us at Liam's cousin's funeral Waiting. Waiting. Sorry for my <laughs> slip of the tongue. <laughs> uh, when he <laughs> when he came to us, that kind of set the seed. Okay, we'll go with this. And I know, like a GoFundMe page has been um, set up. Oh sure. Look, we started off agreeing to one night in the Devonian. And now the whole thing snowballed. Has just well, that just shows Carol the affection that is out there for you oh. and for Liam. It's you know, as I said, the luckiest unlucky girl in the the world. Like the way people, the work that they're doing for us. Like we had a launch night in the Devon in last Monday night week, and. I thought there'd be 30 people there, like a few local representatives and the media. And I was okay with it when I got there. About 150 people. (laughs) And that was just to launch the weekend. I was there going, (laughs) are they all for real, like... <laughs> they're, well, well, listen, they're, they're, they were turning up for you, Liam. There's a oh. there's a fantastic weekend planned, um, as Carol is selling as well. It's in the Devon Inn, 
It's uh, Friday the 12th. Yeah. And is Friday the 12th the night of Liam O'Connor? Yeah. 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 That's actually sold out now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, folks. I was about to tell you where, where you could get, where yeah. you could get uh, uh, we, tickets. We did think about doing a Gareth Brooks on it and yeah. do five Good. nights. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you couldn't get the planning permission for it. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's going to Have you anything else coming um, up that we can plug very quickly? Um, didn't jump her Brawford in and it had a big rivalry in the football back okay. in the early noughties so they're having a replay of their match the county final All right. so that's on, on the Saturday evening in it at right. 5 o'clock and then there's a big uh, vehicle run on the Sunday that's the 14th yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. anything goes anything uh, goes so that's and I can imagine Car- you sound like someone I'd say that's on the sideline of a match I'd say you're a GAA mammy, are you? Oh, Roaring? Well, I, no. wa- I was a GAA player and a coach and a chairperson ever before I was a GAA mammy. <laughs> so um, that's a huge thing that has been taken away from me. Like, I'd be down in the field coaching all my kids' teams if I was able and that's nearly, for me one of the hardest things. Can you still get out to the matches? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. as many as I can. She's not going to miss the matches. Are no. you into it as well, Liam? I hope you are. Yeah, well, I yeah. wasn't as much until all the lads <laughs> and Carol and everything. So. so you don't have the sporting background that. No, Ka- no, 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 She was the sport. She was the sporty yeah. one. Okay, somebody's asking about the GoFundMe page. It's help Carol Liston O'Connor fight MND. That's how you find it on uh, GoFundMe, and I can see loads of people just uh, saying how remarkable your story is, and just wanting to wish you. Uh, the very best and there's Thank one you. in particular saying best wishes to Carol Liam and the extended families Liam spent time here in Fremont both as a child and did his training with his uncle John Feehan is it Fian? Uh, uh, Patricia, you're right. It's fabulous to see local communities rowing in behind the family. Uh, God, keep them all in the palm of your hand. Well done, Carol, for educating people on MND. And that's from Paddy and Eileen Fian and all of the family. But lots of other uh, people just wanting to wish you all the best. You're, you're, you're a mighty woman oh. and you've got a great man a be- beside yeah. you as well. I have to say, I love the way you look at each other. There's a, there's a gorgeous connection between the two of you. It's, it's fantastic. We will definitely stay in contact with both of you. This this isn't the last we're going to hear of, of, no, of Carol and Liam uh, for sure and we wish you good luck with the weekend of uh, Friday the 12th and enjoy it as well because Liam O'Connor yeah. is, is wonderful Well Liam O'Connor's word is it's all a celebration That's it It's a, it's a celebration yeah. Well listen thanks a million for joining us in studio Good morning Thank to you Cork today on C103 With McCarthy Insurance Group Proud sponsors of the Cork GAA Club Football Leagues and Championships They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk cmig.ie And uh, thank you some uh, really lovely kind comments in about Carol and uh, Liam uh, Mary says listening to that story what a beautiful girl what a story tell her don't uh, give up honest to God I've never, I don't think I've ever come across a woman with uh, so much positivity somebody else says what a beautiful couple oh my God such a sad story uh, wishing Carol and Liam well God bless them I'm bawling listening to her and we think we have problems 0818 103 103 Now at the end of this month you Active Retirement Association and Yall Credit Union are teaming up with the Lions Club of Ireland. They're launching a new initiative. It's called Message in a Bottle. To discuss what it's about, I'm joined by Frank Down of the Yall Active Retirement Group. Good morning to you, Frank. 
Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you're very welcome to the programme. Now, this initiative could save lives. Can you just explain the concept of this message in a bottle to us? Well, message in a bottle was developed by the Lions Club of Ireland. And what it is, it's a small plastic bottle about the size of a yoghurt carton. And in that bottle, there's a form which contains all your medical information, your name, address, your telephone number, your doctor, any allergies you have, any medical conditions you have, uh, details of your medication, and also, most importantly, where your medication is stored. And this bottle then, uh, the medical informa- which contains the medical information, is stored in your fridge. And there's a green cross sticker which you attach to your fridge and which you also attach to the inside of your front door. Now, that sticker is important because if somebody, you have a medical emergency and someone arrives, they'll see that sticker and know the information they need to help you is in the fridge. Exactly. Now, if you are in any way, if the patient or the person is in any way incapacitated, the emergency services will know that their medical details are stored in this bottle in the fridge and they know where it is. Um, there are two advantages to that. The first one is that the medical services will be able to deal with you there and then. And if there are any particular situations, they can also pick that up. But in addition, what happens is the emergency services can also take that bottle if you're going to hospital and they can hand that bottle to the emergency oh, services in the clever. hospital. That's clever. That, that, that is really, uh, really clever. It's such a simple concept, but it's such a clever concept. And I'm thinking in particular, somebody uh, living alone. You know, if somebody is a family member who can fill in the emergency services on what's going on, but if you're living alone. But even, I, I think for any of us, if we have a medical emergency, the last thing you're thinking of is what medication am I on and where is it? Exactly. Well, the, the, the additional feature of this is that it asks you to identify where your medicines are kept. Okay. So very often people would have their medicines nearby, near the fridge. So the medical services can also look, take the medication with them if appropriate or if necessary. So I take it the emergency services are very welcoming of an initiative like this. They are indeed. But the, the Lions Club of Ireland are rolling this out across the country. And it's important that the medical services are aware that the system is in place and in operation in any one location. And what happened to us was that one of our members came to us with the idea. And our committee said, this is a great idea. We need to give it to all our members. And we did contact the Lions Club and they did send us 250 bottles, which we distributed to our members. But then we began to realise that it was almost ineffective unless the emergency services were Mm. aware that the system was in place. Mm. So we discussed it with the credit union, who, uh, and we're delighted to say, were very supportive. And they came on board with us and said, we will support this idea because we think it should be pushed out even beyond retirement groups. It applies to people who have any medical condition, people who may be pregnant and have a condition, people who may be young and have some sort of an allergy, which is important. So they felt that this was a community initiative and that it should be pushed out right across the community. But most importantly, that the medical and emergency services would be made aware of it. Yeah, so they can look out for these stickers when they, when they arrive at the scene of a medical emergency. So at the end of the month, the uh, 29th of February, in the Mal Arts uh, Centre, you're launching. Will the bottles be available or where can people access the bottles? 
Well, on the day we'll have bottles available okay. and uh, the launches will be done, the launch that day will be done by a man called Damien Carberry from the Lions Club Ireland and they're very supportive of this initiative and also on the day we want as many of the emergency services to be there to be aware of the system. We will be sending out notification to all the emergency services and the bottles will then be available in Yall Credit Union and branches and that's very important because Yall Credit Union are now coming in as a community initiative to support this and are making the bottles available. And that's why the thing will be a success, because people can get the bottles, fill in the forms, and then the emergency services are aware that the system yeah. is you in just, operation. You just leave it in the fridge and you, you, you can forget about it, except maybe update. If your prescriptions change, you might want yeah. to, to update it. Are you charging for the bottle, Frank? No. Oh, Yall well Credit Union are sponsoring this. And uh, we, we, we bought the bottles initially uh, at a reduced rate from the Lions Club and we gave them to our members. But your uh, credit union are making these bottles available free of charge as a community initiative. Well done. And that's why we're so supportive of this. OK. And as I said at the outset, you're with uh, the All Active Retirement Association. How active a bunch are you in Yall? Well, we're very active. We're about 285 members. Well. and We have a lot of activities, recreational activities, social mornings, coffee mornings. We do plays. We go to concerts. We were in Ballyduff um, on Sunday night for a play. We do a lot of things like pole walking, yoga, tai chi, pilates, beach walking. Um, uh, so, And as well as that, we do a lot of uh, of support stuff for our members, uh, things like uh, uh, helping them with smoke alarms. We're run the SAS, the Seniors Alert Scheme, which is part of the Public Personal Alarm Scheme. So we, we're also conscious that not alone is it a social activity for our members, but that there's uh, support and information available to help them as well. And 285, that's a large membership, isn't it, for an active retirement group? It's very large, yeah. Yes. But, yeah. but uh, because we have such a range of activities, yeah, uh, people can come and they can do as many or as little as they like. Always open to new members, Frank? Very, you, Patricia, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you in mind. <laughs> I'm not far off it, Frank. Listen, thanks a million for joining us uh, this morning and good luck with your message in a bottle. I think it's a brilliant initiative and well done to y'all, uh, Credit Union and uh, Lions Club of Ireland. Frank, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Good Take mo- care. Good bye morning bye. to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Frank Down of Y'all Active Retirement Association. It's time to give away more free money. Free money. Snap the app only on C103. Give me well, we gave you over 10 minutes to get your screenshot in from the C103 uh, app. Uh, so please stop texting us on that, even though we've been getting uh, those pictures in all day. i got to go to the phone line where Heather O'Sullivan is in Kale Kill. Good afternoon, Heather. Hi, Patricia. You have been selected. <laughs> you are the lucky one out of all of the hundreds that we received in in that uh, 10 oh, wow. minutes uh, well done to you was that your first time entering or did you enter uh, before no, second time second time well well yeah. done second time lucky uh, for you okay what are you up to in Kale Kill today 
Um, not much. Uh, <laughs> catch you up in the housework. We had a busy day celebrating my uh, daughter's tenth birthday yesterday. Oh, so, and she's so she, a bit handier today. <laughs> okay. Did you did you have a big gang into the house? Was it? Uh, no, we. She all she wanted to do was go to Penny's and uh, McDonald's. We were up in the city having oh. a great day out. Did she do a big Penny's haul? She did. We <laughs> 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 won't talk too much about that. <laughs> it's her birthday. She's ten. Yeah. She's in double figures. She's allowed yeah. to. Well, it would be nice if you got back some of the money that you spent yesterday if you win the 500 euro you might be able to go off and do your own pennies haul fantastic okay listen stay tuned and you're going through to the draw with Martina this afternoon congratulations Heather that's great thanks thank you bye bye that is Heather O'Sullivan and Kale Kill our latest qualifier for the C103 app your chance to snap up 500 euros that's what we're giving away every day this week we'll have more qualifiers this afternoon with uh, Nick Richards and Martina will go for a qualifier and then she'll make the draw and uh, somebody will be joining Martina on air and could be winning 500 euro worth of free money you need to make sure that you have downloaded the C103 app because we need you to then take a screenshot of the app in order to prove that you have downloaded it. Snap the app, download today and listen to play all week long only on C103. 0818103103 John Paul continues to take your calls. Let me take a look at some of your comments that have coming in. Firstly some people have been on, they want me to plug a couple of things that are happening. Uh, Kelvin O'Connor is on from Bantir Makra to say on the 9th of uh, March they're running their charity variety show. It'll be held in the hall in Bantir and it's in aid of the Bantir Lyre Defibrillators and the Irish Kidneys Association. And on the night, they're going to have various acts from local groups uh, to talent from their own club uh, all on the night of this variety show. And then they'll finish off with the by performing the All-Ireland Capers show. Remember, they won the, the All-Ireland uh, with that uh, last year, wasn't it? So well done. So it sounds like a good night out in Bantir Hall on the 9th of March. And then Michael was on to say, Hi Patricia, Ahiol Tractor Car and Truck Run is happening on Sunday the 3rd of March. It'll be in Ahiol with registration at 11 in the morning and funds raised from that car and tractor run will go to local charities. And Rylan Ladies Club have been on to say they're hosting the wonderful Anne-Marie Kingston who we always speak with at the start of the year. She runs White Sage Decluttering and she's all the tips on how to declutter your house. So she's giving a special talk in Rylan School Hall. It's on tonight at half past uh, Seven Admission is €10, Euro, which includes a raffle and refreshments. And as I say, it's been organised by the Rylan Ladies Club. That sounds like a nice night out uh, tonight. OK, we've been talking about roads and the conditions of uh, roads. Hi, Patricia. That road that you were talking about where that large pothole that we're on to the council, we haven't heard back from them yet. It's on the Kilbrin to Canturk uh, Road. Do you know yesterday there was an accident on that road? Thankfully, there was no uh, injuries, but there was damage done to to vehicles. The council have to do something about that road. But more importantly, they've got to get the water off the road because filling the pothole is just going to be a waste of time. And John says, Patricia, are we all fools to be paying road tax? The state of the roads, they are an absolute disaster. We need to make a stand for once and for all. Cars are too expensive now, uh, both to buy and then to have to constantly repair. Somebody needs to be made accountable uh, now where now, where did we hear that before? And that's from uh, John by text to 86 And thank you to uh, people still saying how taken aback they were by my interview in the last hour with uh, Carol 
Carol Liston O'Connor and uh, her husband Liam uh, who joined us to talk about her it's a devastating diagnosis, isn't it? To get a diagnosis of motor neuron disease. But what a remarkable woman. I mean, just her positivity is just incredible. And and I know when we were contacted by some of her friends, you know, asking us if we would have Carol and Liam in studio, you know, in particular to push the fundraising that they are doing, all of them, all of the friends that have contacted us, you know, just talk about how amazing Carol is and the, the, the positivity that she has and that to be in her presence, she's just a joy to be around. And that's the one thing I sat here in the studio looking at her and looking at her lovely husband, Lean. And she is a joy. She just exudes joy, even though she has this devastating diagnosis and her positivity. And she says she now knows the reason that she's got um, five beautiful children because... It makes her get out of bed uh, every single day. But it's just what one family has been asked to go through. It's, it's really, really it's just so hard. And that's why the family coming together to help them to do some fundraising, just so that the, the future is more secure uh, for this little family. And Margaret has been on to say, Patricia, will you give me, would you give out the GoFundMe account for that wonderful uh, lady that you spoke with, Carol? The GoFundMe is Help Carol Liston O'Connor fight MND. So help Carol Liston O'Connor fight MND. I found it very easy yesterday. I think I I, I was just typing in help Carol Liston and I think it uh, popped up. So that's on go on the GoFundMe if anybody wants to donate uh, that way. And uh, we wish them luck. I mean, it sounds like they're going to have a fantastic weekend that weekend of the uh, Friday, the the 12th of April. But uh, well done to the community that is coming together. Uh, because they're coming together for one of their own, but I can see why they're coming together for one of her own. She's a she's a remarkable woman and her a wonderful husband, Liam. It's just the way the two of them look at each other. It's just it's incredible. It's incredible. It's, uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll think of them and keep them all in our thoughts and in our prayers. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three, and then Deirdre was on uh, to say, uh, Patricia, did you read the story about what happened at University Hospital in Limerick? We have to do something about overcrowding in our hospitals, or else more people are going to die. Yeah, this isn't one of those other devastating stories that makes is making the paper uh, today, and it's the death of a sixteen-year-old girl. Uh, she died at the end of uh, January, 29th of January. She'd been rushed to University Hospital Limerick. She was having breathing uh, difficulties. Now, what's particularly poignant about this particular story is that the, the 16-year-old is a much-loved only child and she died in front of her mother, uh, described by one informed source as a deeply traumatic uh, event. And this is at University Hospital Limerick. Now, at University Hospital Limerick, we spoke about another 16-year-old girl. Remember Aoife Johnson? She was the 16-year-old from Shannon in County Clare. She died on while waiting on a trolley in an overcrowded A&E in the same hospital back in December of uh, 2022 and we'd only been talking about her case and her case got a lot of publicity recently and then to think another 16 year old girl has um, died. Now this young girl obviously is not being named um, at the moment. I don't know whether her family will go public with the story or not but she seemingly had been admitted with a very severe chest infection 
and that was in early January. She was treated for two weeks, so she must have been very unwell to be in a hospital for two weeks with a chest infection, but then she was discharged home. But unfortunately, within days, her condition deteriorated. So what did the family do? They rushed her straight back to the hospital. And the day that she arrived at the hospital was the 29th of January, and that's an important date because that was the date where University Hospital Limerick was by far the busiest in the country. That was one of the days where the Irish Nursing and Midwives Organisation were reporting that there was 113 patients waiting for beds on that particular day and 54 of those were in the emergency department of which this 16-year-old girl uh, was uh, one of them. Uh, And the case of Aoife Johnson who died in 2022, the reason we've been talking about her lately was a review of her death at University Hospital Limerick was led by an independent judge-led investigation. Now Aoife had died from sepsis complications. We don't know what this 16-year-old has died from but Aoife had uh, sepsis and it was sepsis complications from bacterial meningitis. She was left waiting for 12 hours in a severely overcrowded emergency department on the 19th of December in 2022. So there was a HSE internal review and that found overcrowding in the hospital was endemic. Now this is from HSE's, their own internal review. They say in the in the review, the in inverted commas, the boarding of patients who are deemed ill enough to be admitted to a ward in the emergency department is a planned part of patient flow. They have no other choice. Hospitals are so busy, that's all that they can do. The review added, there is little apparent understanding of the risks and the inefficiencies caused to patient care by an overcrowded environment by the hospital system in terms of the impact on the emergency medicine doctors assessing and managing patients and on the nursing staff in order to be able to provide safe uh, care. Uh, There are insufficient emergency department nursing staff, the review said, to provide adequate monitoring and care to the patients in the department. There are insufficient doctors to care for the numbers of patients who are presenting in the timescale expected by the triage system, the hospital and the community. There is a high turnover of staff, both nursing and emergency medicine junior doctors, and that's leading to a low experience level and it's also leading to low situational uh, awareness. So this particular, this second young teenager, teenage girl on the uh, 1st of February when she was being buried and you can imagine what her family were going through on that day and in a kind of a very ironic way on that very day that she was being buried there was a debate going on in the Senate where our own Health Minister Stephen Donnelly was defending the government's handling of the overcrowding crisis at University Hospital Limerick. And I quote, he said, on the day that that young girl was being buried, now obviously he would have been unaware of that particular case, I'm assuming, but he was pointing out in the Senate that in 2019, the hospital budget was 265 million. It's now up to 315 million. He said there's been a large increase in money, workforce and beds. He said in the emergency department, extra emergency medicine consultants have all been sanctioned. Well, it's certainly for those families, they will say it doesn't look like it is working uh, for them. So there's a, another family left absolutely devastated. But is this, can we straight, can, can and will 
uh, will it point to uh, another death caused by overcrowding at our emergency departments? And we wonder why people are slow to go to an emergency department and you know we're always told if you're very unwell then you do present it's only we're trying to get people who will be better off going to a GP and I know people are going to say yeah Patricia if you can get into a GP or to go to uh, Southstock or or to go to one of the injury clinics uh, instead but and if you're very unwell to please go to the A&E but so many people are fearful of going to the A&E for fear that yeah they're sick enough they'll be deemed that they need to have a hospital bed and then they will be left languishing on a, a trolley. 0818103103 putting pouring loads of money into the health service because that's all we seem to do every time there's some kind of an emergency or there's some kind of a report out we'll constantly just put more money but putting more and more money doesn't seem to be solving the problem. You can text our WhatsApp as to 0862 103 103. Diary. With Cork County Council, making Cork County the place to live, work, visit and invest in. See corkcoco.ie. Anne and Cara are holding their monthly West Cork meeting. It's on at 7.15 tonight in Fernhill House Hotel in Clonakilty. They are reaching out to any bereaved parents, regardless of the age or circumstances of the death of your child, to attend the meeting. No registration is required. Simply come along tonight at 7.15. Let's talk about clots is a thrombosis patient information and support event which has been held today in Bantry General Hospital. If you or someone you know has experienced a blood clot, this support group offers the opportunity to meet and get support. Sean Ballymore Bingo is on tonight at 8. That's in the community centre. Jackpot there, €1,000. And Bantir also have Bingo on tonight. Their jackpot is €3,100. And Donnerell Golf Club will host Siobhan McInerney and Geraldine McCarthy for a spring flower arranging demonstration tomorrow night starting at half past seven. Mission is €10 and all are welcome. And Newmarket Girls School, they're enrolling new pupils for the 2024-2025 school year. To express your interest, to request a form, you can email office at newmarketgnsgirlsnationalschool.ie or you can call to the school 029 60723. Court today on C103. With McCarthy Insurance Group, proud sponsors of the Cork GAA Club Football Leagues and Championships. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. And a late addition to our community diary, Patrick Callan, just been on to say Inascara Historical Society are tonight having a most interesting talk. It's going to be given by Dr. Paul Cotter in Bearings Hall at eight o'clock tonight. It's the medieval history of Inascara, Bearings and the surrounding areas. Now Pat says this lecture tells stories back as far as 1200 AD. Many are heretofore unpublished. Will amaze and amuse. Sounds like a great evening. So Bearings School tonight at eight. All are welcome to go along. Hi Patricia, you mentioned a graveyard earlier. I did and a a lovely couple taking it upon themselves to, to try to clean up an old graveyard. Michael says the majority of graveyards in North Cork are run by Cork County Council and according to Michael a plot can cost around €2,000 is it €2,000 for a plot and if the plot has to be opened it can cost anything or when a plot has to be opened because it obviously has to be opened at some stage it can cost anywhere between €700 and €1,000 it's expensive to die in this country that's for sure on hospitals and on overcrowding in hospitals Hi Patricia a family member of ours spent three days 
in an overcrowded A and E was a cancer patient was described medication for sepsis and never got them. Died far too young to leave this world, leaving the entire family devastated and scarred forever with what unfolded in the fobbing off they got when we dared to ask what happened. It took four years to find out. They they are scars that will last forever. Uh, uh, the health service seems to have an attitude. How dare you question us? And then on a kind of a more positive one when it comes to hospital, Dermot and Inchigila said uh, day after day we keep hearing about hospitals, particularly the large hospitals like University Hospital, Limerick, uh, like Cork University uh, Hospital with long waiting lists and lots of people waiting on trolleys or worse, as you've just mentioned, somebody dying on a trolley. When my wife was admitted to Bantry Hospital on a Friday, she went straight into a unit and she was looked after so well. The care and respect she received was beyond all reason. Now, sadly, she did pass away the following Wednesday, but I have to say the care will stand out in my memory of the time that we were in Bantry Hospital. We were so lucky that she was admitted to Bantry. They should have kept all of those smaller hospitals going. Uh, Now there's too much demand on the larger hospitals, which is exactly what we forecast uh, at the time, Dermot, when we spoke about the downgrading of smaller hospitals and we spoke about centres of excellence and on on paper it looks great to have a centre of excellence where you'd have all of the uh, experts, but we're just funneling too many people into these centres of excellence and certainly the University Hospital in Limerick uh, is one of the ones they lost a lot of their smaller hospitals that uh, have been downgraded or closed and of course all of the patients from those areas then have to feed into University Hospital Limerick which always makes it one of the busiest and most uh, overcrowded. 0818 103 103 On a much more positive note when, coincidentally when we were talking about mortgages today when I had Martina Hennessy on from Doddle.ie trying to encourage people to switch mortgages because there is savings to be made but a real good news story coming out from our wonderful credit union um, they've reported a strong rise in lending in the last three months of the year and that lending all also includes mortgages being given out by the credit union. In the last three months of last year 112,000 new loans were issued. Now mainly they were for car and home improvement loans and I think that's what the bulk of us use our credit union for is either buying a car or doing some improvement around the house. These are the latest figures coming out from the Irish League of Credit Union. The league say there has been a big increase in mortgage lending. There's also been a big increase in business loans uh, being uh, issued and uh, arrears are at very low levels. People go in, I think people, I think it's because we all believe in the credit union and how the credit union, it's all of us helping out each other if you're a member of a local uh, credit union. Credit unions have some of the lowest interest rates on mortgages for new buyers and for switchers and movers all taking up the offers. Uh, Some credit unions are offering home loans on rates as low as 2.95%. Now that's far, far lower than what any of the banks are are offering. And of course we can't give give one figure of the credit union because each individual credit union will set its own interest rates. Around 100 credit unions are now offering mortgages. That's a huge uh, increase in the number of offering them. And of course new legislation that come, came into effect recently will soon allow credit unions that do not offer their members a mortgage. Some of the smaller credit unions are not in a position uh, to offer their customers a mortgage but what the new legislation is now allowing them to do, they can refer a customer to a nearer credit 
union, say a larger credit union that does offer uh, home uh, loans. There's been a big increase in credit union mortgage lending. It's up 15% for the last quarter with the mortgage loan book now going beyond the 550 million mile stone. There was 1,800 home loans issued by the credit union last year and that's up 1,000 on the year before which is an 80% uh, increase and the sector has big plans to take on the banks when it comes to uh, mortgages and I think no better Bukali and Colleen to do it. The lenders are looking at setting up a centralised mortgage company and the aim of that will be getting to a point of issuing one in ten of all mortgages in this country could ultimately come through your local credit union by having a centralised service company that would allow the sector to have common mortgage rates. They'd have a centralised underwriting facility and obviously they'd be able to share the marketing uh, as well. And that could lead to the sector ultimately issuing a billion euro worth of mortgages over the next seven uh, years. And that's what the HSE, or that's what the uh, League of Credit Unions hopes to do. And assets of League affiliated credit unions stands at a whopping 18 billion at the end of last December. That's an increase of more than 40% over the last 10 years. And if you dig into those figures, savings, and that's savings belonging to all of the members, the savings has increased to 15 billion which is up just year on year by 310 million. So a lot of people have great trust in the credit union. But once again, because I know the central bank is always talking about the amount of people that have money on a deposit or money in their banks or money in their post office are in their uh, credit union. You know, this country, uh, people hang on to their savings. And I suppose everybody is, some people are afraid to spend, other people have started to spend it. But certainly we've amalgamated a lot of spending. Covid times, I know, was responsibility for a lot of savings going up because people weren't in a position to spend money like they would have uh, before the uh, pandemic. And credit unions delivered more than 110,000 loans in the last quarter. And that works out at more than 8,000 loans a week is given out by the credit union. Where would we be without our local credit unions? 0818, long may they continue. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. We're going to take a break and we're back chatting with Joe Heffernan after these. Cork Today on C103. With McCarthy Insurance Group, proud sponsors of the Cork GAA Club Football Leagues and Championships. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie We're off to Boverbury where Joe Heffernan uh, joins us. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. Uh, and you're very welcome. Now, we were speaking about adult ADHD uh, yeah. last week on the programme and uh, we were outlining all of the different potential warning signs uh, yeah. that uh, if somebody was to have um, ADHD. And actually, it turns out a lot of adults, it's only when a child is diagnosed because we know that there's an hereditary and a genetic link uh, to it, that it's only when, an ad- when, a, when their child gets diagnosed that they realise my goodness, I've, I, I did exactly the same thing when I was a child and, I, and I'm still mm. doing some of the same mm. things. And then people start to realise, yeah, maybe I do have uh, ADHD. So yeah. uh, we said today we were going to go through, this is kind of a checklist of 21 questions. Yeah, and it's very, very simple. Um, if you answer yes, make a note of that. It can be a dot, it can be just in your head, or it can be whatever. Um, but the only ones that apply are the ones that would be yes. Okay. That, uh, you know, where a person was saying, that's me, well then, 
that's uh, that's uh, um, uh, that goes down as a yes. And we'll get and people to count the up the results. We'll, huh? we'll get people to count up the results at the end. Exactly. Okay. And we'll say, what does that denote? This is just a bit of research I found. And um, as I said now, 21 questions. And afterwards, I do have a telephone number and an email address for ADHD Ireland. Okay. All right, off you go then. All right. The first one. I have difficulty getting organized. The second one. When given a task, I usually procrastinate rather than doing it right away. Number three. I work on a lot of projects but can't seem to complete most of them. Four, I tend to make decisions and act on them impulsively, like spending money, uh, getting relationally involved with someone, um, diving into new activities, changing plans. That's number four. Number five, I get bored easily. Six, no matter how much I do or how hard I try, I just can't seem to reach my goals. Seven, I often get distracted when people are talking. I just seem to tune out or drift off. Eight, I get so wrapped up in some things I do that I can hardly stop to take a break or switch to doing anything else. Nine, I tend to overdo things even when they're not good for me, like compulsive shopping, drinking too much, overworking, overeating, overexercising, whatever. Number ten, I get frustrated easily and I get impatient when things are going too slowly. 11. My self-esteem is not as high as that of others I know. 12. I need a lot of stimulation from things like action movies, video games, new purchases, being among lively friends, driving fast, or engaging in extreme sports. 13. I tend to say or do things without thinking, and sometimes that gets me into trouble. Fourteen, I'd rather do things my own way than follow the rules and procedures as laid down. Fifteen, I often find myself tapping a pencil, swinging my leg, or doing something else to work off nervous energy. 16. I can feel suddenly depressed when I'm separated from people, projects or things that I like to be involved with. 17. I see myself differently than others see me, and when someone gets angry with me for doing something that upsets them, I, them, I am often very surprised. 18. Even though I worry a lot about dangerous things that are unlikely to happen to me, I tend to be careless and accident-prone. 19. Even though I have a lot of fears, 
people would describe me as a risk taker. 20. I make a lot of careless mistakes. 21. I have blood relatives who suffer from ADHD, bipolar disorder or substance abuse. Now, there are 21 questions. Okay. Um, they're aimed at adults. And, um, you know, if we're ticking an awful lot of them, will we say how many? Yeah, one has please to do. T- yeah. Well, now, if you tick 15, one five, 15 or more, maybe you need to have a good old think about ADHD. And maybe you might like to contact um, ADHD Ireland. Zero one eight seven four eight three four nine. Our an email is info at adhdireland.ie. Now ADHD Ireland is all one word, small case. Okay, because the the advice I think to somebody who who has ADHD is to to go and get a diagnosis. Because anyone I've spoken with who got diagnosed as an adult, and, and remember, I I, I made that um, I was reading to looking up some research last week about ADHD, and the average age of diagnosis in in adults is forty, and a lot of that is linked to the fact of what I said earlier. It's when a child get di- gets diagnosed, a parent who is attending the assessment for their child is suddenly realising and like that answering yes to all of the questions that their son or daughter is answering yes to and it's then they decide uh, to go forward. Now some people opt, know they've ADHD and opt not to get diagnosed and they're happy enough just to live their life with the ADHD because it comes in different forms. For some people it can be very severe and for others it can be very mild and it can just be seen as oh they're a little bit quirky but it's actually it's because they have ADHD. But for those that do go forward, there is help available. I mean, for example, there's medication you can take to control a lot, particularly the impulsive nature of it. There is indeed. There is indeed. And um, uh, I would have known uh, a few people who, through the medical, um, uh, their GP, etc., etc., um, having had an official diagnosis of ADHD, um, would be indeed put on a certain medication like slow-acting concerta or, you know, there there are different names. But uh, yes, and um, uh, counselling uh, helps as well. Um, learning some meditation or, uh, will we say, relaxation techniques. Um, uh, just needing to slow down, uh, you know, and um, to think a little bit more carefully uh, to do with decisions. Um, uh, like it said in one of the questions there, quite a lot of people can get into trouble um, because the three parts of ADHD are um, in, inattention, impulsivity, and uh, in, in many cases, hyperactivity. But like um, when, when one isn't thinking straight and one, when, when one is acting impulsively, Sometimes a person can say or do the wrong thing and get into trouble. I'm sure that a lot of people um, would uh, recall, indeed I'd be answering yes to quite a few of those, um, uh, you know, when they, when, they, when they spoke or acted impulsively and it turned out to be um, 
not helpful at all in their lives. Mm. I remember a number of years ago interviewing the former governor of Mount Joy, John, mm-hmm. John Lonigan, and I've I'd seen him many times on, on TV as well. And, mm. and he spoke, I, I can't remember the stat, but it was very high of the number yeah. of undiagnosed uh, people with ADHD who were prisoners. Um, he said it was just astounding and it was it was kind of at the very early days of ADHD being recognised in children and then subsequently discovering actually there's a lot of children, a lot of adults have ADHD. But I yes. always remember and he on many occasions he mentioned the fact that, you know, if, if it's not controlled, if it's not diagnosed, if it's not managed, you can get into all kinds of trouble. Absolutely. And um, I'm glad you brought that up because the um, the uh, the prisoner population, the uh, the stats would suggest um, that there is a high proportion, as John Lunigan uh, said, um, of um, uh, un- undiagnosed uh, ADHD, uh, which then can be diagnosed. Um, the problem with diagnosis, um, indeed, Patricia, is uh, cost. Um, it's difficult to get through the public system. Sure, we know all about that every day, every week. Something comes up there on the Court Today programme. Um, and uh, I've been rather surprised, or even very surprised, at some of the quotations that some people I would have been talking to who decided to get um, a diagnosis uh, the cost would be quite yeah. high. Um, I'll, I'll mention one some, but I mean, people will know better than me whether there are lesser amounts or dearer amounts, but around the seven, eight hundred euro. Yeah, and listen, it's because of waiting lists. So many parents have to go down that private route uh, as well. And we've yeah. heard of people who go and, and borrow money in order to try to get the diagnosis. Yeah. OK, yeah. all right. Uh, but the, the ADHD Association is a good place to go. For, for oh, advice. Absolutely. They'll know the whole score about ADHD. Okay. So if a person has questions, um, you know, about it, well, that phone number, or I suppose better still, that email, um, info at adhdireland.ie, um, would be the way to go okay. for sure. All right. Listen, have a lovely week and we'll chat to you again next uh, Tuesday. Joe, thank you for that. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, good afternoon. That is Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Bohupui. His number is 086 834 That's where I leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. He'll play another round of Snap the App. And we'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 10. On to the night, Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. today on C103. With McCarthy Insurance Group, proud sponsors of the Cork GAA Club Football Leagues and Championships. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.